To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Koala Shine! Hey Koala Kids, and welcome to Koala Shine! I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you stories and giving you facts and ideas that can send you bobbing down the River Nile all the way to the pyramids. Hey, how did you guys get in here? I didn't hear you come in. I was too busy concentrating on these engravings, carved into the wall here. Come, have a look with me. Do you know what these markings are? They're called hieroglyphics which is the alphabet used by the people of ancient Egypt almost 5,000 years ago. Crikey, that's a pretty long time ago, isn't it? The ancient Egyptians were an awesome civilization. Not only did they have this wacky alphabet, but they built ginormous pyramids, produced beautiful art, and worshipped all kinds of weird and wonderful gods. They were ruled by kings and queens called pharaohs. And when the pharaohs died, Their bodies were wound up in white cloth and preserved as mummies. Pretty creepy. Now today, we're here in Egypt to meet a pair of crazy creatures who are about to go on a pretty wild adventure. They don't know it yet, but they're about to stumble on some buried mysteries that will send them back to the world of ancient Egypt. And who knows if they'll ever get back. It's pretty scary stuff. I hope you're ready for a fright. So, Are you ready to head off and meet them? Alrighty, off we go! Today we're meeting a pair of creatures who can often be found scampering along the sandbanks of the River Nile and exploring the vast Egyptian deserts. Ah, here they are now. Let's say hello. That's Trix, the desert fox, with her big ears and sharp little claws. Trix is a cunning little fox, And there's nothing she loves doing more than wrapping her head around a tricky problem until, pop, she solves it. And this here is Trix's best pal, Heckles the hyena. Have you ever heard a hyena laugh? Well, wow, it's got to be the loudest laugh in the world. And Heckles is a real joker, who gets a real kick out of making his friends laugh, or playing cheeky practical tricks on them. Trix and Heckles love seeking out adventure. They've climbed the pyramids and swum on their backs down the Nile. They've scaled prickly palm trees and discovered ancient statues weathered smooth over centuries by the whipping sands. They're proud to say that there aren't many corners of the desert left that they haven't explored together. Thank you very much. What they don't know about, though, is the ancient world lying hidden beneath the sands. But they're about to find out. Today, Trix and Heckles are scrambling across the desert, hopping over rocks and pausing in the cool shade beneath trees. They're looking for adventure, but there's none to be had. (sighs) Looks like we've done almost everything there is to do, 
Patrick says. Tell me some jokes to keep us entertained. Luckily for Trix, Heckles has been working on some croc-themed jokes. What's a crocodile's favourite card game? Trix twitches her nose. I don't know, she says. What is a crocodile's favourite card game? Snap, says Heckles. And they both crease up laughing. Trix chuckles foxily, and Heckles letting out his big hyena guffaws. <laughs> okay, Trix says. Another one, please. All right, says Heckles. What's an alligator's favourite kind of music? Trix scratches one of her big ears, trying to think of the answer. But she can't. Go on then, she says. Tell me. Heckles winks. Punk crook, he says. <laughs> That's a good one. Trix gasps between fits of laughter. Okay, one more. But Heckles isn't listening. He spotted something on the ground. It's bright red and glinting in the sun. A ruby, set into a carved piece of stone. It must have been buried in the sand, but now the wind has blown the sand aside, revealing it. Wow! Heckles is mesmerized by the ruby. What's that? Trix follows his eyes and sees the glittering ruby herself. Her cunning foxy senses tingle. Something doesn't seem right about it, she thinks. She's about to shout for Heckles not to touch it, but it's too late. He's already pounced on it and has lifted up not only the ruby, but the stone lever attached to it as well. For a moment, nothing happens. Then, quite suddenly, the sand beneath their feet begins to tremble and shift, then fall away as though it's been sucked down into a sink. Faster and faster it swells, until it's a sandy vortex sucking them up with a horrible slurp straight underground. They land on hard stone in the pitch black. Tricks, Heckles calls out feebly. Yes, she whispers. I'm here, right beside you. Where are we? He asks, feeling afraid. How am I meant to know? She snaps. We're wherever that strange lever you pulled has taken us. I could sense something was strange about it. It must have been enchanted. Enchanted? Heckles shakes his head. Oh no, I should have never picked it up. Well, no use regretting anything now, Trick says. Let's just work out how to get back out. As she says this, a soft golden light penetrates the darkness. It shines way off in the dark and seems to be coming from some sort of flame. Trix and Heckles exchange a wide-eyed glance and then set off in the direction of the golden light. As they walk, the light gets stronger and they discover that they've landed in a large underground chamber with high stone walls the color of sand and strange illegible markings on the wall. When they reach it, the light is momentarily extinguished and then explodes into pure brightness and Trix and Heckles find themselves face to face with the most terrifying creature either of them has ever seen. Ah! Cries Heckles, and Trix clamps her paw over his mouth. Shh, she hisses. Don't draw attention to us. But it's too late. The creature has turned its head and is staring right at them. The fearsome creature has the body of a lion, 
with strong, proud haunches and a swishing tail. But instead of a lion's head, it has the head of a woman. Draped on her head, she wears a striped headdress of rich blue and burnished gold. What are you? Stutters Heckles. Trix is scared too. But she's definitely read about these creatures before in history books. And she can't help showing off what she's learned. That is a sphinx, she says. I just didn't know that they actually existed. And then, to their even greater surprise, the creature opens its mouth to speak. That's absolutely right, she says, in a deep, melodious voice. I am a sphinx. The more pressing question, however, is, who are you? The sphinx turns to look at them one by one and Trix and Heckles both feel the penetrating power of her gaze, as though she can see right through their skin, through their flesh, and into their very souls. Ah, Trix, the desert fox, the Sphinx says, nodding. And Heckles, the hilarious hyena. I know who you are. Trix is awestruck. How do you know our names? She asks. Aha, the Sphinx replies, with an air of profound mystery. I know a great many things. Heckles, who has now stopped quivering and managed to find some control over his tongue, asks the Sphinx if she does indeed know a great many things, whether she knows where on earth they are. Ah, the Sphinx sighs, you are in the Pharaoh's lair. The Pharaoh's lair? Heckles repeats, and starts his quivering again. He wishes he'd never asked. Oh, yes, said the Sphinx. An ancient pharaoh from the ancient land. And you have arrived uninvited. Well, says Trix, in that case, we should really be off. If you could kindly show us the way back out, we'll get out of your hair, a headdress, straight away. At this... The Sphinx lets out a deep laugh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 she says. There is no way back. The only way is through. In response to their fearful glances, the Sphinx explains that if they wish to escape from the Pharaoh's lair, they must pass through its three chambers completing the tasks demanded by each chamber's inhabitants. And what's more, she says with a chilling smile, you must do it in good time. And from beneath her body, the Sphinx produces an ancient-looking hourglass, filled with ruby-coloured sand. She passes the hourglass to Trix. Once you start the first task, she says, the sand will begin to fall. And if you have not completed all three tasks by the time the final grain of sand drops from the hourglass, you may well be trapped down here forever. Trix and Heckles both gulp. Mm. What's the first task? Trix asks. For your first task, the Sphinx tells him. You must answer me a riddle. That is all. Are you ready to begin? Trix and Heckles exchange a look, take a deep breath, and nod. A single grain of red sand falls from the hourglass and into its base. Tick-tock. 
You cannot trust my grin. You cannot trust my tears. I lurk just beneath the surface, the cause of all your fears. The words of the Sphinx's riddle ring around the chamber. Trick scratches her big ear with her claw. Problem solving. This should be her great strength, right? But over and over she goes in her mind, thinking about the Sphinx's words, with a dreadful feeling spreading through her tummy. Oh no, she says. Oh no, oh no, I don't know the answer. And she really doesn't. No matter how hard she thinks, she cannot work it out. Trix is close to giving up completely, when, quite unexpectedly, Heckles lets out a yelp. I know it, he cries. I do. Fake tears, fake grin, scary creature. The answer's crocodile, isn't it? They say you should never smile at a crocodile. And if you pretend to cry, they're crocodile tears. They lurk beneath the surface of the River Nile, and they're pretty fearsome. He looks hopefully at the Sphinx, who breaks into a smile. A door in the wall beside her swings open. Correct, she says. Trix's jaw practically drops to the floor. Wow, Heckles, that was really smart. Thanks, Heckles replies, blushing. It was because of all my crook jokes. Guess they came in pretty handy. As they pass through the door and into the second chamber, the Sphinx hands them a note. Then the door swings shut behind them. This second chamber is smaller than the first, and empty, except for a single statue in the centre, stood upon a plinth. The statue is made of dark stone. It's of a tall woman with a long dress, but she has the head of a cat. Uh, what are we meant to do here? Heckles wonders out loud. I don't know, says Trix. Let's read the Sphinx's note. She unfolds the old piece of parchment and reads it aloud. Turn stone to flesh. Make marble buckle. Pull my leg, just to make me chuckle. It sounds like another riddle, Trick says thoughtfully. But Heckles has already snatched the parchment from her. Just make me chuckle, he reads. Well, that's a job for me, don't you think? I'm the best joker out there. And wasting no time, Heckles approaches the cat statue clears his throat and tells a joke. But nothing happens. He tries again. He tells his crocodile jokes. And he tells his water buffalo jokes too. He tells the joke about the gazelle and the hot air balloon. And he tells his joke about the slippery snake that grew legs. But none of them seem to work. While Heckles is joking himself hoarse, getting more and more frustrated that he can't make the statue laugh, Trix is prowling around the chamber. She's thinking hard about the words on the Sphinx's note. I'm sure it's a riddle, she murmurs to herself. Make marble buckle, pull my leg. And like a candle being lit in her brain, she has an idea. Trix trots up to the statue and sees just below the hem of the woman's dress, a sliver of ankle. She reaches out, grasps the stone ankle and pulls. And just like that, a tinkling laugh, like the sound of a dozen bells being struck at once, echoes around the chamber. 
and then the statue moves. Beneath her grasp, Trix feels the cold stone soften until she's holding on to human flesh. Quickly, she withdraws her hand. The statue, which is no longer a statue, steps down off the plinth. <laughs> Congratulations, she says, once her giggling has stopped. That really did make me chuckle. You've solved the second chamber. Now on to a third. Here you go. And, like the sphinx before her, she passes them a note, before showing them through a doorway that has appeared in the wall. Good luck! She meows as they go through, and the door creaks closed behind them. This final chamber is the darkest so far, as though belonging to the realm of the night. Trix peers closely at the cat lady's note. Here's hoping you're not scared of the walking dead. There's not a lot of time to get this mummy back into bed. Mummy? Trix repeats, perplexed. What on earth could that mean? Then she hears Heckles gasp beside her. Uh, he says, fear rumbling in his voice. Uh, it might mean that. Heckles is pointing at a hazy figure moving around the other side of the chamber. As their eyes adjust, they see an ancient mummy, swaddled tightly in reams and reams of white cloth. The mummy seems to be sleepwalking, wandering around with its arms outstretched. At the back of the chamber, his coffin is open. It even has a very comfy-looking pink pillow. Trix tries her hardest to keep calm. It looks like we need to get that mummy back in its bed, she says. Sure does, Heckles agrees. And look! Heckles points to the hourglass, in which all of the ruby sand has almost drained to the bottom. We need to be quick! They both look at the sleepwalking mummy. How on earth are they going to get him back into bed? You were brilliant working out the last clue, says Heckles. And you were brilliant working out the Sphinx's riddle, replies Trix. Together, Heckles says, we're unstoppable. And just like that, they know what to do. They should have known all along. Teamwork is key. They creep across the chamber and wait until the mummy is sleepwalking right past his coffin. Then Trix crouches low behind the mummy's legs and Heckles stands up tall and cackles right in the mummy's face. <laughs> the shocked mummy staggers backwards and trips over the crouching Trix. Waving his arms in spirals in the air, he falls back in an arc back into his coffin, landing softly on his pink pillow. Wasting not a second, Trix and Heckles pounce on the lid and shut the mummy in tight. Phew, Heckles sighs. We did it! But look, cries Trix. The final drop of sand is about to fall from the hourglass, shutting them underground forever. But as it falls, there is a great sound, like an enormous crack. It sounds like the earth itself is splitting into two. And in the chamber wall, a huge hole appears, with sunlight from the world above flooding in like the waters of the Nile. Hooray! cries Trix. Hooray! cries Heckles. We did it! We did it! And that, I think, is where we'd best leave our two pals, as they walk arm in arm out of the fairy's lair and once more into the Valley of the Nile. 
And even though they've had enough adventure for a good while, they both know one thing's for sure. There's no adventure like having a best friend. As for you lot, it's time to pop on your jetpacks and set off for your next adventure. But whilst you're flying, you can think about this question for me. The ancient Egyptians invented loads of things that we still use today, such as locks and keys, paper and pens, and most surprisingly, toothpaste. What do you think is the next invention that archaeologists will dig up in the next 1,000 years and be amazed by? I reckon it will be a robot shoe that lets us walk up walls. <laughs> that would show the ancient Egyptians with their toothpaste. Us one, ancient Egypt zero. Take that, Cleopatra. And for our goodbye joke, why don't mummies take vacations? Because they're afraid to relax and unwind. As always, if you have any jokes, facts, or stories that you'd like to share with me, let me know via the link in the description. And if you leave a voice message that makes us giggle, we may even play it on the podcast. That's it for today, Koala Kids. Keep on shining! Koala Shine!